Hey guys, today we are at another episode of the Becoming Daily Show. This is William Coles, and I'm so excited to introduce you to uh, a beautiful young lady that uh, we've been in contact for a few. Uh, well, so I'm excited to conversation started. Her name is Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you today? Um, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, same here, man. And um, I'm trying to remember the first time we connected. I was just trying to think through before we started um, this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I do know. We connected on one of those, um, you know, those like uh, apps where you could um, swipe left and right for like business connections. Oh, was I it that? In New York, right? We met? What, yeah, I forgot what it was called, but that's how we connected. Um, always trying to, you know, meet other awesome people. Uh, that's how you survive in this world is your network. And, um, yeah, you and I connected that way. I think we must've talked on the phone, but we never ended up meeting in person. Okay. Wow. I, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Shoot, I, was I forgot to what remember. happened to that app. They closed, they closed down. Such a great a app. Monet they had a hard time monetizing it. I could imagine. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was like, let me use this until they, I mean, yeah. I, like, I don't know how they got to monetize it, but this is very valuable for me. Right. Right. Yeah. It was valuable. I mean, we met. There you I, go. We connected. That's crazy. Yes. So um, can you uh, let our listeners know, our audience today, um, you know, who you are and wh what you're doing and what you're passionate about? Okay, that's a lot. So I'll try to keep it short and then let you ask more, <laughs> more questions. So uh, the short of it is that I am a, a startup coach and business design consultant. I built my career and expertise off of being a customer and user experience designer, um, worked with over 30 some startups. I think I'm in 40 some startups now, 60 plus investors. Uh, and through my practice as an independent consultant over the past four years, I have taken the idea of the user-centered, the customer-centered design process and applied it to all parts of business, not just product development. So that's why I generalize now to like a business design, not just product design. Beautiful. Beautiful. And can you kind of just uh, let us know, how did you get into this? Was it going to school? Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah. So I'm going to answer your question and also answer the previous question. So um, you asked what my passion was. Um, my mission right now is to increase the success rate of people-minded um, the people that want to design ourselves into the future to make sure that we use technology instead of technology using us um, and this stems from back in uh 2002, I was taking a class in engineering school and I designed my first user interface. It was a touch screen uh, for a treadmill and we designed it in PowerPoint. Touch screen interfaces for treadmills didn't exist in 2002, Perfect. so this was a novel idea. Um, but ever since then, I was obsessed with this idea that we could design technology for people. Um, and I took that kind of 
twinkle in my eye to Silicon Valley in 2005. Um, and that's where my kind of career started was in the Valley. And where do you live now? That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give us a, 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 a little bit background. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I went to University of Virginia uh, down in Charlottesville for undergraduate. I got my master's degree at UC Berkeley at a program called the School of Information. So um, it's 2017. I took a user experience class in 2002. I took a user experience class in 2006. I don't understand why this stuff is not part of, you know, university curriculum uh, across the board at this point. But um, I really, uh, unlike a lot of my peers that, you know, are in UX is a myth at this point. Um, and we know better. The wheel was not invented in the boardroom. Right. And so and so what is happening is that people are working longer hours. They're working on the weekends. They're stressed. They're anxious. Um, they're fearful for their jobs, for their health, um, for money, bank account, whatever. Um, and and fear and anxiety do not are not a good setup for creativity and problem solving. You know, uh, um, a happy mind is a clear mind, right? A, a clear mind is where innovation and creativity come from. Um, and so why I think this is important is that, um, you know, technology is in our hands all the time. And um, we actually, the productivity in America, if you talk to economists, is down. Productivity has been decreasing, even though apparently the technology tools we've been getting into our hands are, you know, better than ever. But they're not better than ever. Like, the, the, maybe the power in the back end is good, but the interface sucks. I mean, how many people spend all day at work hammering away at an interface that they can't, they don't want to use, but they have to use because it's their job? Mm -hmm. for, for example, the one example I really like is, Electronic medical records, right? Electronic medical records have this greater purpose, access to data. We can learn so much more with all this aggregated data. Um, a patient's records can be accessible from anywhere. It's not locked in paper or folders. Well, um, they launched electronic medical records at the Temple Hospital System here in Philadelphia. Uh, Temple estimates they lost $40 million in revenue rolling out this platform. And on top of that, most doctors you talk to around the country are spending five to six hours sitting at their computer instead of caring for patients. Mm. So, so why is design important? Because we need to figure out how to support people and what people need to do naturally, um, not change what they do altogether. Because actually technology is hindering us. Productivity is going down. Mm -hmm. That's why design is important. I love it. Um so can you elaborate a little bit more on your your daily routine? And and we all yeah. because here at the Becoming Shot, we really want to help people design a routine that will allow them to learn habits quicker. They will allow them to mm -hmm. be a lot more focused, but also get things done um every day. And 
Yeah. Can you share your experience with a routine? Do you have a daily routine? And how important that is that for you? Oh my God, it's, it's crucial. It's like the most integral part of, of everything I do. So, um, I learned and got diagnosed with ADHD two years ago. A lot happened two years ago when I moved to Philadelphia (laughs) and it helped me so much because I learned that I, there was a reason why, um, I would initiate so many projects, but never finish any. And then there was a reason why I had a hard time falling through. So, um, my new year's resolution in 2016 was focus on focus. Um, I needed to learn, I mentioned early, like, you know, there's a process to building a business. There is actually something that you can follow to build a business and build a startup. And, um, I learned early on that I, if I was going to do that, I needed to learn how to manage myself. I needed to learn how to manage myself as a business. And I needed to learn how to pick up the core skills, like understanding the basics of, you know, sales, the basics of creating a marketing plan and marketing strategy and the basics of branding and finance and estimating projects and stuff like this. So, uh, where that got me, um, is this is my daily routine. Uh, I wake up sometime between five 30 and six 30, six 30 most days. Um, I give myself the morning. Uh, sometimes I go to the gym. Sometimes I walk my roommate's dog, um, which I'll miss next week because we're moving our separate ways. (laughs) It's okay. I bought a house. So that's like a totally different story. Um, so anyway, um, I usually get started working at 8am. Um, so I'm had breakfast. Maybe I journal adopt into that. Like you didn't just wake up and say, I'm gonna put a schedule together. Like, was that a, a initial struggle in the beginning to follow through? Cause you like, sometimes I do it. I wake up at five. Something. Is it, is it more of the less? Do I do it more? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, it definitely is always evolving. So it, the basic kind of schedule infrastructure, the idea that I would send people to a page to find time on my schedule and self-service that way to book my time. That was something I did right away. I highly recommend it. I think everyone should do that. I don't like yeah, how much time do you waste over email? Oh, when are you free? Right. When are you free? How about this time? Right. How about that time? Let me send you a calendar invite. You can automate all of that. Right. Um, the inbox zero, you know, came a, a couple months later. The idea that I would only look at my email, you know, and, um, and once a day and I would figure out how to keep my inbox at zero, which I have. Um, that's a process. You have to practice your process and make your process a practice. I love it. That's what I came up with. I like and, it. Um, yeah, it took a while. And the thing that I recommend most is um, start a process and check in. Schedule, say, I'm going to start this Monday, but I'm putting 30 minutes on my calendar for Friday for me to actually step away from my computer and think about how well this is working or not working. Wow. I like and that. if it's not working, yeah. I'm going to adjust it. I like it. Um, I, I can give you an example. Yeah. Do you want one? Yeah. Okay. So um, relationships are really important. I said that at the beginning of our call. Um, so I wanted to put a relationship management process in place. I have a, you know, 
CRM slash pimped out address book. It's called Contactually. And I wanted to do a better job. Um, if you're not selling every day, you don't have a business. Like you need to be doing something to keep people like knowing who you are and building relationships and get, getting yourself out there. Um, so I was very uncomfortable with the notion of sales. So I thought it was something hard that I needed to do first thing in the morning. And I started this first week by doing, you know, jumping into this address book and I was, you know, looking at a new person every five minutes, trying to figure out what can I email them about? How can I say hi? Um, is this someone I want to keep in touch with? You know, I'm, I'm like evaluating like my strategy for build, you know, nurturing these different relationships. I'm getting reminded of people I haven't talked to in a while. Um, and I'm sending out these emails first thing in the morning and all these people are writing me back first thing in the morning. And so these emails are coming in from people and I'm like excited to hear back from them. But then my day is just so distracted again. Like I, I lost control of my day because one, the activity itself was um, very scatterbrained, right? I'm thinking about a new person every two to five minutes and you're jumping from topic to topic to topic. Um, so there's no consistency. And then, you know, emails are coming in that I think are more important than other emails. I think I need to look at them. And so that ruined, you know, ruined the rest of the day. My productivity was off, right? You know how you feel if you check Facebook first thing in the morning. Yeah or LinkedIn first thing in the morning and you move through LinkedIn notifications and then you're like, Oh wait, I just, I can't pay attention now. These, these tools were designed to be addicting. So, and disrupt your concentration. So um, I had to move that time block for my, you know, relationship management, my CRM time. I had to move that to the end of the day. It had to be at the end of the day and I moved it to the end of the day. And then it was smooth sailing for the next, like, you know, three months that I, you know, really kept up at it. Now it's a daily reminder of my calendar. Sometimes I do it. Sometimes I don't. It just depends where I am in my business. Amazing. Um, yes. I, um, I know you have um, very limited time today. So I, I want to start to wrap this call up because you're saying a lot and I can listen to you all day. <laughs> Thank you. You're saying so much so much rich wisdom right now that I think is really adding value to a lot of people that are listening right now. Um, one last question is what would you give for a person looking to start a business or have an idea? What are the top three things they need to do today to get that going? Okay. <laughs> Customer, customer, customer. Okay, go talk to people. You need to go told. Maybe I meditated. Maybe I went for a walk. I did something that was like just for me in the morning to get my head around what I'm doing. Now, the part that happens maintenance every day, but happens at least once a week, is that I actually use calendar blocking. I take my entire to do list on a, a like a Friday and I map out when I'm going to do all those things the following week. So I know how much time I really have to get stuff done. And if someone wants to schedule me, uh, I can tell them honestly, like I have time or I don't have time. Right. Right. So I, I know exactly what I'm going to do every single day the second I sit down at my computer because I put it on my calendar. Um, 
the most important thing that I did is identify my prime time energy cycle. So what I tell people is um, figure out when you do your best work. Um, this might be segments like I'm great from 10 to 1 and 5 to 9. Or me personally, I am great from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I start to fade. If you can convince me to do any work after 5 o'clock, you've probably shot me up with a lot of coffee right, and right, right, right. have a person sitting next to me. Like, I, I do not do work at night at all. I can't do it. Gotcha. So you identify your best working hours, and those first two hours in the day – those are for your big rocks. Those are for things that require a lot of thinking. So I will never let anyone schedule me before 10 a.m. because I need 8 to 10 to myself. Gotcha. 8 to 10 is when I do hard stuff for me. Like I need to be really paying attention, uh, concentrated to do any writing, um, to do any kind of uh, designing as well. Um, so eight to 10 is my prime time. Now I usually, uh, you know, one of the ways we scheduled this call was I gave you a link that has my calendar Beautiful, it, Loved it. and you could book a time, right? So I actually have three different links for people to view my calendar. Um, one is for clients. Now they can book me from 10 AM on, um, the other is for my, uh, let's see, my contractors. Um, they also can book me from 10 a.m. on throughout the week. My clients can only book me Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then when it comes to, like, networking and other marketing activities that might not be, like, the high, 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 high priority, obviously I love this phone call, but it needs to fit in with all the other things Absolutely. I'm doing – it's 2 p.m. or later. Gotcha. Like, it's, it's so, if someone asks me to get coffee, 2 p.m. or later. Gotcha. Um, if someone, you know, wants to meet up, and to be honest, I don't meet people in person unless it's crucial for, you know, the, my business, because that's just a lot of extra work right. that's taken out of, like, that's a 30 minutes commute there and 30 minute commute back and a lot of disruption. Gotcha. Um, so, so yeah, that is how I've optimized my day. I, I have specific calendar blocks on my calendar every single day to do email. So I do not sit with my email open. Um, I've instructed like my contractors, if they want to get, or my clients, if they want to get my attention, they need to put urgent in the subject line and then I'll answer it within like two to four hours. But if you just shoot me a regular email, you might not get an answer for two to three days, but you will get an answer. Right. Like, you know, I don't lose emails. Right. I just take my, I set aside a specific amount of time for emails right. because I already know what's important for me to work on this week. Right. So that's, I mean, I think this is really powerful. I just want to extract a little bit of what you're saying because I want our audience to really get the lesson here. She has a schedule that pretty much runs her life. So you don't, you don't run your life. Your schedule runs your life, right? So I always said, like, but like I've <laughs> created that schedule, right? So you created that in light of the things that mm -hmm. you're doing. So your schedule is now dictating where you go and what's, what's, what's important. So now you can maximize 
your energy and your resources. And, and you can see guys, she's very structured. And how long did that take you to uh, talk to people that are not you, not your friends, not your family, but someone that you think would buy your product would, would buy whatever it is. Even if you don't have a product yet, even if it's just an idea, go talk to someone else that experienced the problem that you have. Go to a Starbucks, buy $5 gift cards, walk up to strangers, strike up a conversation. Um, you know, I had a client working on making it easier to donate to nonprofits, walk up to that SPCA kid on the street, trying to get you to give, you know, start donating to the SPCA and talk to them about what it's like to get people to donate, right? Understand the problem and the issue from their point of view um, and keep doing that until your whole notion of the business that you wanted to build and the solution it is, is not just your idea. It is like a rich stew of other people's opinions and views so that um, other people will want to buy your product. Mm. Um, that's, that's like the, the misnomer people say is like, oh, I got to build an MVP. I got to like figure out the product or build the website. Then I can do the market research. And that is just not the case. Um, just because you experienced the problem and you solve the problem for yourself doesn't give you the, you know, the, the liberty or the, the, the vehicle to solve the problem. Like that solution is going to solve the problem for everyone else. Right. It, it, you need to go talk to other people to understand how they view it and find out if like, the solution you're thinking of is the best solution or if it's something totally different. So that goes back to the Albert Einstein quote. I didn't, I'm not smarter than you. I just stuck with the problem longer. Yeah. Stick with the problem so long that your idea for the original solution is fundamentally different than what it was before because you talked to so many people and understood their view of the space. That's so, so good. Um, because I, and do that three times, Will. Yeah. That's my three things that they need to do. Do it three times. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> no, it's true. I remember I remember when I was starting my nonprofit with my friends in New York, a dance nonprofit, we were like, man, we can't ask our friends if this will work. I knew we had to get other people's opinion and get their feedback. Mm -hmm. So we would go to Madison, um, Madison uh, what's that part? Square Park. Yeah, Madison Square Park. Madison Square Park. We went there by Shake Shack and we would, in New York, we would ask everybody in the park, what do you think about this? It felt awkward at first, but people were like giving us some really good feedback. Oh, that sucks. Change that. And it really just changed the game for us. And we were like, okay. We asked like about 100 people. People, 80% people said this. So let's go with that direction. And I think you're 100% yeah. right with that focusing on people, focusing on your customer, your audience, and you can't lose. So as we wrap this up, how can people get in contact with you? Because you have a very specific um, strength and you're helping startups get funding or go through that process. How do, how do uh, people get in contact with you? Okay. So as long as you spell Lindsay correctly with an A, my website is Lindsay T, T like in Tom, 
So Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, T.com. You can also just search Lindsay T, the lady engineer uh, on Facebook. That's my Facebook page. Uh, and uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Lindsay T as well. I joined Twitter in April 2007. Someone recently called me a Twitter OG. So, yes, I own Lindsay T, yeah, <laughs> period. I saw that. I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I've been on this platform for over 10 years now. It's <laughs> good branding. Hop on early. Um, so yep, that's, Lindsay T. That's amazing. So, um, thank you so much for being on the call today and you just really upgraded my life and I'm pretty sure that many others are listening on the recording today. Um, and hopefully to see you soon and definitely got to get yeah. you back on the podcast to elaborate more on um, helping startups. Uh, so thank yeah. you again. Thank you so much. It feels wonderful to share with people and wonderful to share with you and it means a lot to me and it's always great encouragement and positive reinforcement that I am I'm doing something worthwhile yeah you are definitely and thank you to everybody that's listening this has been another episode of Becoming Daily Show until next time have a great day